Natural herd immunity is the means by which Mother Nature has ended every single contagious virus outbreak in the history of mankind. The question I want to explore today is, are the vaccines prolonging the SARS-CoV-2 event via a mechanism that prevents herd immunity from occurring? So then, what effectuates herd immunity? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Antibodies, antibodies, antibodies. That's all we've heard about in the last 20 months. We've heard virtually nothing from the establishment, from the authorities, concerning memory T-cells. However, without memory T-cells, herd immunity is an impossibility. And it appears that the vaccines are not activating production of memory T-cells. Now, at this point, because YouTube has decided to engage in obscene censorship, I have to speak to the YouTube censors concerning the statement that it does not appear the vaccines are activating production of memory T-cells. First of all, YouTube censors, media headlines are not evidence. The titles of studies are not evidence. In fact, even the abstract paragraph of a study does not constitute evidence. The evidence, the science, is in the body of the study. So please, try and be a little bit professional. Don't look at media stories. Don't look at study headlines. And don't read the abstract and say, well, Champion is wrong, because I'm not. And I'm going to explain that now. Let me start with this. Every single study that claims that vaccines activate the production of memory T-cells, and I've read all of them, they rely on inferential data. They do not rely on finding exact and specific evidence of the existence of SARS-CoV-2 specific memory T-cells post-vaccination. They don't do that. They intentionally use vague and misleading language, such as referring to what they found as nascent memory T-cells. Well, there's no such thing. Or they'll say pre-memory T-cells. There is no such thing. What they're doing is they're finding things like interleukin-2, which are highly associated with things like CD4 and CD8 T-cells, which can which do actually differentiate into a number of different kinds of T-cells, one of those being memory T-cells. But when they say this nascent memory T-cells or they say pre-memory T-cells, they're referring to CD4 or CD8, usually CD8 specifically, the existence of CD8 T-cells in no way verifies that they differentiate into memory T-cells. That's a whole different process. Basically, what they're saying is something like this. Just coming up. Sorry about the, the spur of the moment on this. It's like saying because somebody built a garage next to their house, they must have a car. The two don't add up. I mean, lots of times when a garage is built, it's because somebody plans to get a car or has a car they would like to garage. But building a garage does not mean you have a car or you intend to get a car. And it's the same thing when they find this interleukin-2, which is highly associated with things like CD8. Then they claim that they found memory T-cells. Well, that's not true because CD8 may never differentiate into memory T-cells based on vaccination. YouTube censors, are you following me on this? It's fine that they use spectrography to find things like interleukin-2, and we've had the discussion what that causes them to believe. Um, however, YouTube censors, there is a technology that can 
actually locate SARS-CoV-2 specific memory T cells in the tissues of the body, such as the bone marrow. And it's called MHC peptide tetramer staining technology, and not one single study that claims without any without any hard evidence that the vaccines activate production of memory T cells, not one of those studies has actually employed the MHC peptide tetramer staining technology because that would show absolutely either mature, properly formed SARS-CoV-2 specific memory T cells are present or they are not. Instead, they've used this inferential garbage when there is a technology that would prove it one way or another. So, YouTube censors, why do you think since the technology exists to prove the existence of SARS-CoV-2 specific memory T cells, it exists, it could be used, but none of the research has used that technology. What do you think that is? I had to do that entire block just to inform YouTube censors of what they would never figure out on their own. I mean, this is the problem with censorship. You have to educate the censors in order not to have your material censored. You might find it fascinating that researchers have used some of the last remaining people on the planet who were alive during the Spanish flu of 1918 to test how long memory T cell protection works. And in those, we're talking 100 years, right? In those people, researchers found they still had an immunogenic response to the progeny of the same virus that caused the Spanish flu of 1918 thus validating that memory T-cell protection, in this particular case to this particular virus and its progeny, has lasted 10 decades. Am I saying that all memory T-cells to all contagious pathogens last 10 decades? I'm not, but clear, <laughs> because the evidence doesn't exist to support that. But clearly, if somebody has the immunogenic response based on memory T-cell function ten, uh, 10 decades after they were exposed to a particular virus, we know that that sort of protection lasts at minimum, at minimum, years. And there's no science that would indicate otherwise. We absolutely do know that natural infection with SARS-CoV-2 by the wild virus, leaving aside the vaccine for the moment, does activate the production of memory T cells. And depending on what study you want to believe, the very best estimate in terms of not getting reinfected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus after you have prior immunity infection is eight one thousandths of one percent. The worst odds from any study have come out, and it is one-tenth of one percent. So you can see that no matter how you slice it, whichever study you want to believe, the one on one end of the extreme or the one on the other end of the extreme or anything in between, the odds are incredibly small that a person who with prior infection immunity where their body has activated production of memory T cells will become reinfected. Now it's time to talk about the vaccines. Of course, we've all seen the stories that talk about the vaccine's protection wanes after a number of months. Uh, the study that I've seen that gives it the longest period of time is seven months. The study that I've seen giving it the shortest duration talks about it begins to wane in about two to two and a half months. And waning antibodies is completely natural. For instance, a person who has prior infection immunity would have had antibodies, then their body would have produced memory T cells, and then once the memory T cells are in place, the antibodies naturally fade. That's how the human immune process works. 
So it's unsurprising that the antibodies produced by the vaccine would do anything other than that because that's how the body works. Now let's move forward and talk about a person who has never been infected by the wild virus and then gets vaccinated and then is exposed to the wild virus and does become infected. The big question being, does the vaccine, remember they were not infected, they had the vaccine, then they became infected by the wild virus. Does the vaccine in some way disrupt the process of the body producing memory T cells in a post-vaccination wild virus infection? So what is the answer to that? The answer is we don't know, although I suspect CDC knows that information is not available to the public and it's critical. As of October 8th, 2021, 220 million Americans have received the vaccine. How many of those did not have prior infection immunity at the time they were vaccinated? Well, we don't know. I'm confident CDC knows this is not a difficult number to ascertain when you have all the data flowing into you as CDC does. But again, that information has not been made available to the American public, and I suspect there's a reason. Because the public doesn't have that information, let's just use some numbers illustratively. Let's say 111 million Americans never were infected, and then got the vaccine. That's one-third of the U.S. population. Now, let's move further. Let's speculate. We don't know. Let's speculate that the vaccines are disrupting or somehow inhibiting the production of memory T cells in post-vaccination wild virus infection. That means that 111 million Americans cannot ever develop memory T cells concerning SARS-CoV-2. And it also means that the remainder, the other 66% of the U.S. population, the other two-thirds, if they do have memory T cells, which is the core critical aspect of hitting herd immunity, without memory T cell production, without the existence of memory T cells in the body, herd immunity cannot and does not occur. So in this example, this scenario, for illustrative purposes, what we're saying is then that the maximum amount of people with memory T cells is 66%, and that would certainly appear to be insufficient to hit herd immunity. So what that means is, with the vaccine disallowing the one-third to develop memory T cells, the nation can never, or maybe I should say the world, can never hit herd immunity. And since herd immunity has been the way that nature has turned off every single contagious virus outbreak in the history of mankind, then what's going on with this outbreak if, due to a possible vaccine inhibiting the production of memory T cells, we can never, ever hit herd immunity on SARS-CoV-2? And what does that mean for our society? Do we look at the vaccine and then say, good job, and we prevent a death? Do we look at the vaccine and say, but now, now, without the production of memory T cells, this event could go on for years and years. And statistically, every single viral outbreak before this one <laughs> has resolved itself. The longest period of time was 20 months. Well, we're over 20 months now. This one is not resolving itself. And I have to wonder if it's not for the reasons we've discussed here today.
I mentioned earlier that CDC certainly has the numbers that we're talking about that we have to speculate here today. And I'm confident that CDC actually has the answer as to whether post-vaccination wild virus infection activates the production of memory T-cells or does not. I'm confident CDC has the answer. And the reason this is so important is there's all this conversation about returning to normalcy, getting back to normalcy. Well, how do you do that if you can never flip the off switch on a particular viral event? Because of the Nazi-style censorship of many platforms now, this is about as far as I can go with this subject. However, if you value this sort of insight, looking at the data, logical and rational questions, no conclusions, YouTube, I didn't reach any conclusions today, then I want to encourage you to go to drreality.news. Grab yourself a copy of Body Science, which is pretty relevant to what we're talking about today, and uh, learn what the establishment has been hiding from you about human physiology for at least 60 years. It will blow your mind, and the establishment will never ever be able to fool you about human physiology again. You'll see these articles on the internet, you'll look at magazines and so forth, and you'll see the things they say, and you will burst out laughing because you actually know how human physiology really works, not the crap that you've been programmed with for the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. And that really puts you in the driver's seat as far as your health is concerned. It also helps me be here for you. While you're there, DrReality.News, grab yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist. I'm not going to go into that here, but yeah, it will totally blow your mind. You have my word. Thanks for being here. 